Greetings, everyone. Welcome to D Green with Amy. I'm Amy. After adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle, my hubby Rick and I lost over 130 pounds. Now I coach others on their plant-based journey. Just test voice. Let's welcome our guest. Timory Hagenberger, RDN, aka the Nutrition Professor, is the author of the recipe book, The Foodie Bar Way. Please click like to help be green with Amy. Welcome, Timory Hagenberger. Greetings and welcome, Timory. <laughs> Hello, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. I wish I was there so I could actually taste what you're about to make today. I this know. Is so great. We don't have taste of vision or no. smell of vision yet, but <laughs> you can just imagine vision it. Yes, we can. And of course, the recipe for what you're going to make today is in the show notes. So people can look for that and they can make it themselves. But it's nice That's to watch somebody make it. Of course, you are going to be making a delicious breakfast scramble. Yes, I am. Absolutely. So excited about it because it's something that you can prep ahead and enjoy all week and it even freezes. So it's just, it makes so much sense and it brings together so many of the foods that we want in our diet on a regular basis. So it's kind of one of those all-in-ones and of course I take it up a notch, raise the bar, the foodie bar, right? The foodie bar way. And I'm going to share some of those um, tips and tricks with you today as well. Are we ready, Amy? Yeah, I think that we're ready. I just wanted to, for anybody that isn't familiar with the foodie bar, can you just tell a little bit about that so that we can appreciate what you're doing? The foodie bar way is an approach to meals and snacks and dressings and sauces and all kinds. It honors people's individual taste preferences while it lets people eat together, either as a family or just getting people into more variety, kind of getting outside of their comfort zone by having options, options, options. I usually say this is like Chipotle meets forks over knives with a sprinkle of the flavor Bible because I have basically done all of the heavy lifting by putting the options down and then you mix and match depending on what you have available, how much time you have, how adventurous you wanna be with cooking or just putting some things together. So like you would think of a salsa bar, right? Where you have lots of different options. This is, we're making a scramble bar. So the foodie bar way has 32 different foodie bars, but we're going to focus on the scramble bar and it's actually thinking about, so the subtitle is one meal, lots of options. So everyone's happy. And there's a few ways that we're going to go with this. One way is actually the scramble itself. You basically have a master recipe in here for the scramble where you can change out ingredients. And I'm going to give you some suggestions as we go through. But not only that, but once you have the scramble made, then you get to set up a bar as far as toppings and even vessels that hold the scramble. So this is like double duty for our foodie bar concept. So you'll be able to see this in action. And like I said, it invites creativity and variety, but also using the foods that love us back. So this is the best of, of the foods that are gonna help our immune system, that are gonna help reduce risk of all kinds of diseases and that are tasty. This is live food that we love. So are we ready now? Yes, I'm so excited. Hey, right. so the if you have the book, we're talking about pages 34 and 35, that's the scramble bar. And then the next page, so the scramble bar has, the scramble foodie bar has lists of ingredients for the basic bar and then the raising the bar. If you want to get a little fancy or just want to kind of get outside of your comfort zone a little bit. And then the next page has a specific recipe and it's my scrambled tacos. And that's what I'm going to follow today and what you'll find with um, the show notes. So I shared that recipe for everybody to have. Excellent. And 
a little bit of backstory on that is my daughter, when she was in third grade, came to me one night and said, Mom, I need you. Okay, baby girl, what do you need? She said, I need greens tomorrow. Huh? And this is a dietitian's dream come true, right? Yes. The little ones. Am I awake? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I said, what's going on, baby girl? She said, I have a test and I need to be clear. <laughs> she was listening to me. And when I was teaching all my students, somehow some of those messages got to her. So I said, okay, what should we do? And we decided let's make some scrambled tacos. And that's how that recipe came to life. So that's when we made a scramble and then we decided to do it in tacos and then it made such an easy breakfast all week. So it, oh, it was just, it starts with a mom's dream come true. So it's kid tested and registered dietitians approved. approved. <laughs> yes, definitely. So I'm going to start with tofu and I am starting with organic tofu that is extra firm and it's packed in water. It is not silken. Did you want to put a question out there? Yes. It's time for True or False on Be Green with Amy Live. Answer true or false to Amy's questions in the comments below. And Amy will ask our guest for the expert answer. True or false, guys. A greater intake of soy foods is linked to a decrease in the risk of breast cancer, prostate cancer, and cardiovascular disease. So you guys that are listening and watching, type in the comments, true or false. And while Timory preps this delicious delicious recipe, she's going to give us the answer. You can that, say Yes, soy is associated with reduced risk of diseases, including breast cancer. And this is such a huge myth on the internet that soy is dangerous and that we should stay away from it. And a lot of that data is animal data, but we have human data now. And the human data says that it's either neutral in some studies or it's beneficial, even with women who've had breast cancer. We see research that shows reduced recurrence and longer life. Because once you've had breast cancer, then it's a matter of living past that if you've made it through the treatments. So we want longevity past that. And we see that soy is supportive of that because of the phytonutrients, plant nutrients. So, but I'm hearing it all the time. Oh, I heard it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. It is not. It is not. And it can be so delicious in a recipe. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes people don't know, you know, with tofu, they don't know. They say, well, it doesn't taste like anything. Well, it is a blank canvas. It's not supposed to taste like anything. You're supposed to be able to add flavor that you would like. So I am pressing that. And while that is pressing, and it doesn't, for the scramble, you can have a little bit of moisture in there. It's okay. But I have a little press, so I'm using that. But next, we're moving on to garlic. I think you have another question. It is I so do. hard for me not to teach, so get in there and ask. <laughs> All right. Here's our next question, guys. True or false, if you're going to cook with garlic, you should let the garlic rest for about 10 minutes after mincing or smashing. So type in true or false, what do you think? And Timory's going to give us the answer. My students, my community members, they know the answer to this because I say this all of the time. The answer is yes. You want to mince, press, or um, chop your garlic and let it sit. You want the cell membranes to be crushed so that there can be chemical reactions that produce the anti-cancer compounds. And once they are produced, then you can absolutely heat it, right? Or add acid to it. A lot of people don't realize that adding garlic to tomato, that, that's an acid. Adding it to adding lemon juice or lime juice, that's exposing it to acid or vinegar. So we always want to crush that garlic. So I am just finishing peeling this and I'm going to rough chop it. You know what I need? What's a very helpful thing to have is a garbage bowl. 
if you don't have a garbage, a bowl that you've just designated as a garbage bowl when you're prepping, start doing that. That's worth the price of admission for this day just on its own. It'll keep you so much more organized for a, an organized workspace provides sanity to the chef as well as food that doesn't look haphazard. So you want to stay nice and organized and that little garbage bowl will help you do that. We can let that sit. And next I am moving on to something else that I would like to let sit. Onion. Now this is not one of your questions, but what color should your onions basically always be? You want people to answer that question? Well, maybe it's just a rhetorical question because they uh -huh. need to be red or purple. So yeah. there's so much more of the antioxidant capacity in there, but you have an onion question, so go for it. The antioxidants in onions are concentrated in the outer layers immediately under the papery peel. Hmm, true or false? Type in your answer and let's see what Timory has to say about that. So the answer is true. We don't want to peel, aggressively peel our onions. And we want to use as much of the root to get close to the, you know, these little roots as possible. Very much packed with antioxidants. And a quick demonstration for cutting a, um, an onion so that you don't get a lot of uneven pieces is you can cut that in half. And then you want to follow the same pattern that you would expect on the onion as it grows. So instead of just chopping down, you want to chop along that same pattern. And when you hold a knife, you don't hold it from the handle. You pinch the blade and then wrap your fingers around it. That is how you gain much more control of the knife. And you want to use a sharp knife of course dull knives end up with hurt people because you're pressing too hard and i was just talking to someone in the foodie bar way of life and she was saying oh my knives are just in terrible shape and i asked her if she realized that most grocery stores if they have a butcher they will sharpen your knives for free so they may only take one at a time, but you can work through your best knives and sharpen them. That is some news to me. Yeah. That is wonderful. So you can do that. And knives should really, they shouldn't have to be sharpened more than once every maybe 18 months if you hone them regularly. The hone is that rod. Correct. That right? Yeah. So, because maybe so, not everybody may be familiar with what a hone right. is. Uh, it's, but it looks like a, it, a rod. Yeah, it's a rod that you just line up the um, the metal. That's what you're doing. The little tiny um, metal fibers. I'm losing teeth. Um, but when you sharpen, you actually take away metal. So you don't want to sharpen, sharpen, sharpen all the time. You want to sharpen and then keep it honed. And you can hone before every time you use the knife. So, yeah, just, and it kind of, kind of makes you feel fancy too. When oh you yes, get very that hone out and you're going. <laughs> you yes. already feel like you're a chef and you haven't even done anything yet. Very chefy, and <laughs> I am starting to tear up. But you know what I think of every time I tear up with my onions? Cancer cells are crying. Because the stronger that it is, the more powerful those antioxidants are. So do your best. Breathe through your mouth. That's the only time I breathe through my mouth. I breathe through my nose exclusively. Otherwise, it sometimes gets you. And that's okay. All right. Yeah. So well, let's I'm talk about the potatoes and, and they're, they're so strong. I wanted to put another true or false because we were talking about potatoes and onions. Actually, you're talking about onions. I'm reading the word potatoes because... True or false, is it best to store onions away from potatoes? Hmm. True or false? And the reason why I'm putting this question up is because 
in Timory's book, The Foodie Ball Way, it doesn't just give you excellent recipes. It also talks about tips for storage of produce and also how to pick the freshest and best produce. And that is one of the tips that's in her book, but she can give away the answer now. So what do you think? Yes, that's very helpful because when we spend money buying this produce, we want to make sure it's going to last. That's a huge piece. So yes, and I didn't just cut and paste from the internet. That is actually my, those are my practices. So the answer to that question is, Yes, you need to store them separately. And do not store your onions in the fridge. Don't store your garlic in the fridge. If you've chopped an onion, yes, but whole onions and garlic, not in the fridge. And potatoes, not in the fridge unless they're cooked or cut and they're getting ready to be cooked. So you wanna keep those in separate, in the dark, separate cabinets is ideal. I had a question about the garlic. Someone told me that especially if you purchase garlic that was already peeled and you just had the cloves yes you could freeze them you can okay um, i just did a prep together for my community and we did roasted garlic and that you can freeze that's fabulous but yes if you've peeled the garlic then it needs to be kept cold but if it's in its beautiful skin then you want it at room temperature okay, okay. great tip now we're moving on to the tofu piece. Now, with the tofu, you can just use a fork, but I'm already gonna use my food processor for something else in this process. So I'm gonna get it dirty anyway, and I'm not gonna clean it in between because everything's gonna go in the same pot. So and I'm gonna have go to worry about of, contamination. I don't have to worry about it with this. Yay! I know. As a dietitian, <laughs> I have been, when I was omnivore, many years ago i switched over about oh, we're almost on 12 years but when i used to eat all kinds of food i always worried about cross-contamination i was always running around saying don't touch this don't touch this there's egg in that ah! you just it's crazy and it makes it so much simpler so i am going to add some of the ingredients to the tofu in here so i have turmeric and I have black pepper, and those go together because that helps with the ability of the turmeric to stay in the blood, okay? Um, and then you have a question about it as well in there. Yes, but I do. It's not about that specifically. And then yeah. um, nutritional yeast. So you asked your question about turmeric. So true or false, guys, eating turmeric has been shown to have anti-inflammatory effects. True or false? All right. And they're going to type in their answers, and you can go ahead and give them the answer to that. All right. It is true. It's one of the most antioxidant-rich spices. It's a root. Um, but it's not just the active components, the curcumin, in there. And sometimes that's sold as... A supplement on its own but we actually see that tumorones and other constituents of the turmeric are helpful so we want to make sure we're eating it in its whole sense so powdered is a little different than than fresh and so I do fresh as well and I keep it in the freezer so I wash I scrub the roots keep them in the freezer because just like ginger they will mold they'll shrivel they'll mold but if you keep them in the freezer, you can use your microplane and use them right into a recipe or right on a salad. So I had a question about the turmeric and the ginger, especially yeah. if you buy it organic. Do you ever peel it? No, okay. I don't. Mm -mm. I just scrub it and then I put it right in the fridge or in the freezer. And then it's perfect because when you do it in the freezer, it doesn't get stringy. You know how ginger can get really stringy? Yes. But if it's frozen, it microplanes like nothing it's beautiful some people think that you have to peel no, before you no, use it you don't and mm -hmm. you don't okay you don't. now i'm adding very optional ingredient and that is black salt so black salt's called kala nama you don't it's not black and it's actually pink it smells like rotten eggs it's the sulfur that makes people think about eggs it's completely optional and the only reason why I am bringing it up to you is because if you do want a tiny bit of it you use a tiny bit you'll never overuse it 
You only do that once and you'll throw away the food, right? So if people are trying to transition to SOS free, then it is something where they're not going to overuse that salt. And you can completely skip it. But if you have someone that said, no, it's eggs or bust, this will bring them closer to the egg experience than they could probably ever imagine. So just be careful you don't spill it because everything will smell like rotten eggs. And just a tiny bit and it's activated. I'm actually like a pinch. And it's activated by water. So when you're not going to be able to smell it, but I will. So that's such a small amount. And this is a recipe. Perfect. How many people would you say would be fed with this? Easily six, seven, eight people. I mean, yeah. I have, I filled 20 tacos or more with, I mean, it's, yeah. So the fun. amount of salt is pretty much negligible. It is. You can't even that. calculate it. I mean, yeah. it's tiny. Okay, so, great. Now, this is important. We don't want to make sauce. We want to do scramble. So we want to do this on pulse. And we just want the pieces. We break up the big pieces. So I actually think that's it. We don't, And I can smell the eggy. Oh, my gosh. that It is strong. That little tiny pinch was... Very strong. What now, kind of I am going to pull this out. You can do it with a fork, remember, because tofu is easy to deal with. But look how quick that was. And it's nice and uniform. And you want to make sure you have a food processor that is easy to clean. So this is my very favorite one, and it is very inexpensive. It's a my students laugh at me. It's a Hamilton beef. It's under $40 and it's lasted years. It's light. So for someone who, some of those food processors are so heavy, this one is extremely light. You actually may think it's kind of a piece of junk because it's so light. Nope, rest assured, we're, it, it works. It and that's works. nice if you don't like to keep it on the counter. It doesn't feel like a chore to take it out because it's exactly. lightweight. No, I mean, yeah. sometimes you have to get two people. Some of them are so heavy. This is very, very easy. Okay, I want to do one more thing in here before we start getting our onions and garlic going, although we might want to start that now. Um, and it's related to greens. True or false? When preparing cruciferous vegetables like kale, it's important to make sure that you chop finely, blend or crush them before you cook them or chew them when you're eating. So true or false, everyone. And Timree's gonna talk about cruciferous vegetables like kale. This is a very clever way to handle adding greens to dishes for people who are not so passionate about greens and getting greens stuck in your teeth. And that is, we're gonna use a food processor again, and we're gonna use frozen greens, and we're going to chop them up frozen so that they don't turn into a puree, but rather more like a little dust kind of situation. So I'm doing, because variety is the spice of life, we are doing two different, so collards and turnip greens. So I'm putting these in frozen, and the answer is yes, we should be breaking again cell walls down. So we want to chew well, and that's a separate discussion. Well, actually, a lot of plant-based eaters that I know are not great chewers. They're great cooks, they're great shoppers, but when they, and choppers, but when they chew, when they eat, they eat so fast. Chewing is very underrated, although it is amazing. It's helpful, though, sometimes to give the greens a chance by pre-chopping them. And again, letting them sit is great. So I'm going to put the rest of these back in the freezer, and then we're going to chop those up. And they're very frozen right now. I love how you told us that maybe we should be checking our frozen food section of our grocery store to see if those greens are available, because that would be lovely that in case you run out, because I'm, I run out a lot of kale. Oh, yeah. And just to know that you have some on hand in case you run out of some of the fresh, or you Huge. don't even maybe have to use the fresh as often. Well, and the other thing is frozen vegetables are so ignored. They're like disrespected and they shouldn't be because they, the time between picking and freezing is very fast now so much faster than often between picking and bringing to the grocery store and then how long has it been sitting? So not only is this 
quick as far as processing time, but they've washed it, they've chopped it. My students are like, oh, I have to cut. <laughs> All you have to cut is the bag. That's it. You just cut the bag open and you have them at your fingertips. So yes, everybody should have frozen greens in their freezer. Okay, and ask, say, hey, we need more varieties. We want collards in here, not just spinach. We want turnip greens. You know, we want as kale, we want as much as possible so that we can have variety. I'll just talk while she's processing in there. It looks so lovely too. And if you're enjoying this, give a shout out or share it with someone else so that they can hop on and you can chat with them in the comments, which is a lot of people like to do. And if you wanted to get the recipe book, I have a link to that in our show notes, as well as a link to Timory, her website. And also just stay tuned because Timory is going to have a special offer for you guys that are watching this broadcast. So stay tuned. That's going to come up in a little bit. Because they were frozen, I'm going to try to have you see, we have beautiful chopped, very small, and if you have more little stems in there, you could continue to process. And I have a few, but that's okay because I'm going to be eating. So now it's going to sit, but you don't want to thaw that out to a wet mess and then try to put it in the food processor. Okay. Good. Tip. Now let's start. Amy, did you have a question? I was just saying that's a good tip. These are the things that the, the nuances of cooking where if we didn't know these tips, then it might not turn out the way that we expected. And you do that in your recipe book as well. You I do. On all I the have pages, the you nutrition have professors tips. tips, prep smart, shop smart, cook smart, eat smart. I always share because I've done this. I mean, I've, I was a nutrition professor for 21 years. I've been a dietitian and loved food. Well, I've been a dietitian for 21 years, but I've loved food forever. So... <laughs> That is something. And tell that everybody I how you're cooking with without family, Italian family. Mm -hmm. You're cooking without oil, right, Timmy? I am cooking without oil, and I was just going to tell you that now. Okay. There. So I have. This is just stainless steel. This is not um, nonstick. Just stainless steel. And I've got onions in here, red, purple onions. And there is nothing else in here. So one, I, this is a tool that I use. It's called the lid. Because onions have moisture in them. And they naturally sweat. Just like people, right? Onions can sweat and they can bring moisture out. And so I have water here if I need it. And what's nice, what I would highly recommend you do i don't know if i have something close actually yes i do this is one way to do it to use a um nice bottle and what would be even better than just this bottle is to use one of those you know one of those corks that go on top that will allow you to pour oh yeah Mm -hmm. You know, those little toppers that they use for yeah, balsamic vinegar and things? Yeah. Have it set up as your water by your stove instead of oil so that it's right there waiting for you when you think, oh, I need some water because I want to pull this off the bottom, right? So if I didn't have my lid, my lid's going to be doing great, but if I didn't have my lid, then... You know, and I was concerned, oh my gosh, maybe the steam's going to go out and it's going to start burning. I don't have to worry because I'll have water right there. Yeah, so, so a pouring spout. Yes, a pouring spout, exactly. But a lot of people are used to using oil. And so they're like, well, what do I grab? But they need something. So this is the something. You have just so many tips to share. And that's what I love about you. You're not just an excellent cook and you have great ideas about presenting food so that everybody in the family can decide the way that they like it. But you also have great tips in your book as well. And talking about how 
people like something. You have something that you say often, and I think it's so cute because people may say to you, maybe some of the ingredients today, somebody might say that they don't care for cilantro or or whatever. So what do you like to say to people when they say that? Well, what I like to say when I had students where I'd say like collards and kale, right? Ew, gross. I say, oh no, we we don't say that. We say, mmm. That sounds interesting. I don't believe I've had that prepared in a way that I've enjoyed it yet. And that is so true. Because how many times have we had something where it was overcooked or undercooked or spiced in a way that we didn't like it? And then you assign that to a category of I don't like. Exactly. And sometimes it could even be the texture, not necessarily the cooking method. Maybe if something was blended to a puree. Oh, yeah. Try to overcook asparagus and see how many people you will turn to eating asparagus. Nobody, nobody, right? It's gonna be stringy and strong and nasty and no, it is an amazing vegetable. But if, or if they grew up with canned asparagus or something, oh my goodness, you know, it's just that texture is not, not good. So I am smelling that this is already beginning to get caramelized and golden. Now what if if something stuck to the pan at this point? Because people freak out and they try to cook an onion and things got stuck to the pan. So you kind of talked about that a little bit. If everything got stuck in the pan at this point. You so listening I'm often. using the lid, but if everything got stuck in the pan, I would just use water. That's it. Right. And then There's you just no worries. take your spatula and kind of rub it around to, to Yeah. Like, and the other thing is if you get nervous about this, just take the pan off the heat. Just turn off the heat. Don't feel like, oh my gosh, it's burning. I don't know what to do. Just slow everything down. Turn it down. Take it off the heat, right? You just want to relax. You want this caramelization. So you don't want to be scared of it. You want some brown and it'll all come up. Everybody's stove, everybody's cook pans, everything is going to be a little different. So you're going to need to figure out for yourself what works as far as temperature and type of pan and what you're doing, what you're cooking. So I am creating carrot. And carrot is actually interesting because we eat a lot of raw carrots, but in order to really get the nutrients, you have to either cook them or break down the cell wall as much as possible. They're still good for us, but when we grate, we're doing our bodies more favors as far as availability of those nutrients. And this is a gigantic carrot, and gigantic carrots are sweeter even. So if you've ever wondered, how do I get a good carrot? Typically, they're bigger. And what I'm gonna do is add the carrot to the onions, and then add the garlic, and then add the greens, and then add the salsa. So I'll probably, this probably enough, that little carrot I will enjoy on my own. I like how you talked about that while you were cooking, especially without oil, that you weren't just looking, you were listening. Yes. Cooking is a sensory experience, multi-sensory. It's kind of funny, but every once in a while, I would have my husband or my kids do dishes. Usually I do them because I just relax and it doesn't bother me. But you know, they'd be in there too many dishes, oh, you kind of slam them around. And I'd say, this is my happy place, people. If you don't want to be happy in here, then thank you for your help, but your services are not needed right now. (laughs) Because I love this. I enjoy this experience of what I'm smelling and what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing and the colors. Look at this color. I mean, it's gorgeous. Your food should be a party in color and texture. And I'm going to, we're going to talk about that as well. So I'm adding the carrot and the garlic. Okay, so that's in there. And I'm going to keep going with this heat. 
let that cook. And I'm actually, I'll add the greens. I'll go ahead and add the greens right now. And I'm a super scraper. That's my superhero name, if you didn't know. I don't <laughs> like throwing away any good, any good bits or bites. So I have a little affinity. My kids even get me scrapers for Christmas. Oh. I know it's so funny, but you know. Well, you're either going to wash it away or scrape it away. So you may as well put it in the pan and not. Exactly. So when you use a food processor, you want to have your finger up inside to hold the blade until you're ready to take that blade off. If you don't and you just turn it over, then the blade is going to end up being in your pan. So you don't want that. So when it gets low enough, then I will lift out the blade, put my finger in the top, and the the blades for the food processors, this is called an S blade. They're typically, they range from sharpness. They're typically not like crazy, like knife sharp, but it's good to, to respect the blade for sure. Um, and then I can put in the rest here, be my super scraper. This recipe definitely justifies using the food processor because you've used it so many times. You didn't have yeah. to clean it in between the things that you were doing. So exactly. it really did save a lot of time. And I could have done the onions in here. I could have done the carrot if I wanted to. You can play with the texture of what you, what size of bites you like. So if you want to do everything in there, you just do them separate. And then you have your bowls ready. I've got greens in here now, and they're still frozen. You saw it wasn't a syrup, you know, it wasn't a wet, soggy mess. So I've got my greens in. And then my, what I have left to add to this, we want this to cook a little bit, is salsa and the tofu. And then last, I'm gonna fold in black beans. Let me share something about um, the foodie bar approach to this recipe. We chose, or I chose, <laughs> collards and turnip greens. You could have chosen two different or one. You could have done it with kale. You could have done it with bok choy if you wanted. You could have chosen a different mustard greens. You could have changed the green out. You could have done a purple carrot, right? I mean, that would work. You could have done, um, added some ginger if you wanted to, to this recipe. When we talk about the salsa, so I'm gonna add some salsa rojo, so the tomato salsa, you could add salsa verde. You, this is the fire roasted salsa from my cookbook because I have a salsa bar, how to make your own salsa. You can change out the salsa. You can, as you'll see, change out the bean. So you could do it with pinto beans or Peruvian beans or any kind of bean that you wanted. Black eyed peas. You can completely personalize it and make it different every time. And then if you find a combo that you just love, you write it in the book because that's what the worksheet pages are for. Across from the foodie bar is a place for you to write down what combinations worked really well, where you set this up. We have potlucks that are just amazing foodie bar potlucks where you just assign one thing from each list, right? And then, or the list to each person gets something on the list and then they bring everything and all of a sudden you have this beautiful foodie bar instead of having seven people who brought carrot sticks and three people who brought brownies. Oh, yes. That is something that happens a lot. Or it the does. hummus. The hummus. A lot of people bring hummus, which is nice. But yeah. yeah. And then they all feel that they're participating in the meal. That's great. Well, and the other thing is that when people transition to this way of eating, it can be really intimidating to go to a potluck if you're new to this way of cooking. So a lot of people are like, I don't even know if I make that recipe, if I do it wrong, I don't want to bring it. But if you say, could you bring some purple cabbage that we can just chop up when we right before? Oh yeah. Could you bring some frozen corn? Oh yeah. Could you bring some olives? Oh, absolutely. And then someone else says, oh, I'll make the scramble or I'll make your seasoned black beans or 
and then it fits for everybody. But also the potluck is a great idea. Actually, your kitchen is kind of a foodie bar too, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the parties always end up in the kitchen. Yes. Okay, go. so now I am going to add the tofu and see how nice and crumbly it is. It is not paste because we just carefully pulsed it. And I, um, on purpose, did not do that. And so now I'm just gently, just kind of folding it in. Oh, it smells good. I wish you had smell-o-vision. Yeah. And it really, I mean, it looks like a scramble. It really does. This isn't tofu that just kind of tastes like nothing because it has absorbed all those flavors. Yes, and it will continue to absorb the salsa and the onion and the garlic and the greens and oh, all of the goodness in here. And that's basically why you pressed it before you seasoned it, right? Because Right, it, it, and I didn't want a ton of moisture. Mm -hmm. So because I'm adding moisture from the salsa and the greens and everything. Now, again, this is a recipe to play with. Add mushrooms, add, you know, zucchini, add all kinds of things. Those, it's just endless. And that's why the foodie bar concept is just so fun because it's evergreen. You'll always come back to this and you're always going to keep adding ideas to the cookbook. And so it makes, I mean, I really, I wanted this to be something that people passed on to their family because this can be the really amazing food because I've got pasta bar, pizza bar, nacho bar, burrito bowl bar, all kinds of things in there that they are going to be, I mean, they're the staples for our house. When I wrote that book, my friend said, don't put in recipes that are every once in a while. I want to know how you transitioned your family and you haven't stepped back. How's that possible? How have you done it? And that's what I put in the cookbook. It sounds Look great. how beautiful. Oh my goodness. And it's so much food. Although, Look I don't so know. Now, what, what's nice about this lifestyle is you can just eat as much as you want. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Now, this is two cans of beans. I normally... I have, you know, I say one can, but beans are so good that I double it. Yeah. So, why don't you talk about the second meal effect of say that beans? Again? The second meal effect. Oh, the second meal because effect. So we, we have beans, to tell people about that. <laughs> yes. So beans, and actually this started out with some research about lentils. It was called the lentil effect. But they found that when people consume legumes and like I said, they started with lentils, that they found a very curious side effect that the next day even, the next meal, but also into the next day, the blood sugar rises from completely different food were blunted if they had beans the meal before or the day before. And that's because these amazing plants called legumes that grow in pods, they all, lentils, beans, and peas, they all have fiber which feeds our precious microbiota in our intestines. And those wonderful bacteria will produce compounds called short-chain fatty acids that not only feed our intestinal cells, the colonic cells, but can also impact gastric emptying so all of the food is not just getting into your blood systems quickly it affects blood pressure it's it's amazing they are incredible and your gut microbiota makes them but they have to be fed and then when they're fed fiber and that's what these legumes are high in then they're happy and when they're starved with a low-carb diet they're not happy this is done so I am going to um, turn it off and let it just sit. Now, Amy, you asked me, how much does it make? A lot, right? Wow. I mean, this is a huge, huge, huge amount. So this lasts, like I said, 
for, look how much we turned tofu, right? One package of tofu into and the beans. So this, this will be good for several days in the fridge. So I was gonna say that garlic, you definitely don't wanna keep it in the fridge. I keep it in a terracotta um, container. And we're done with this. And now we get to play with plating these beauties and we get to talk about the Foodie Bar Way toppings. Look at all those beautiful colors. Yes, our food is life. So we wanna make sure it looks like it's alive. Okay, we have lime. So what we wanna do here is, you've heard of something called tortillas. Well, I already know that you know about those. I am gonna expand your mind into other options besides tortillas for enjoying this scramble. So there's some parchment paper. So hopefully you can see what we've gonna, we're gonna have going on. We have romaine lettuce that we can fill. We have bok choy, which I'm gonna show you something really cool with that. We have some beautiful lacinato kale, which we're gonna kind of do the same thing as the bok choy. And then we have one of my very favorites, purple cabbage as the vessel. Oh, I could just, I could just snack on that. Nothing oh, it else. is amazing. You want a crunch? Oh boy. <laughs> I, this makes the best chip. So just cut it in half so that you can have chip sized pieces and go to town. This is the best chip ever. Now, the other thing that we can do is take a beautiful red bell pepper and we can stuff that as well. So if I want to stuff it, I'll just pull out the seeds. And I don't like cooking the bell peppers. Ideally, bell peppers are um, most nutritious raw. So one of the vegetables, or actually it's a fruit, um, that will maintain more vitamin C if it's raw. And I'm just gonna use half of it for right now. But this can be yet another vessel to enjoy. And every time you get a bite of vegetable, with more vegetables and more vegetables, your body is happy. Okay, so I will load up some of these. And then the only other thing I was gonna add to our discussion is this is ground mustard seeds. And so by adding a little bit of ground mustard, we're gonna make sure that the cancer fighting ability of the greens is retained even though they're cooked. So we're kind of doing triple duty because we crushed them before we cooked them so they should be fine but I love adding um, just that little bit of mustard, ground mustard. And to that the mix. really won't change very much with the flavor profile no. because it was just such a small amount. But it's, it's just but, a pinch. But you're a chemist in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna put these together and how are we doing? Oh my gosh, we're doing fabulous on time, aren't we? Yes, we're gonna have, we're gonna encourage people to type in your questions. Do you have this would be a great time to, to type in time? your questions. Yes, okay, and I think that we may have some questions for you already. Okay. okay, so we did talk a little bit about this, but let's bring it up again. Infinite Love and Gratitude wants to know, does fresh organic turmeric always need to be peeled or can it be used just like ginger with the peel? Just okay. like ginger with the peel. Yeah. Do you want to talk about, I mean, there are other things I think that people think that they're supposed to peel and that they um, can't yeah. the peel. You know, the only thing that I peel, I peel jicama because that is not edible on the outside. Rutabaga, a lot of those are waxed like almost immediately after they're picked. And so you want to get that off. But I don't peel. I don't even peel butternut squash. I cook it. I just did a thing inside the membership, a cooking demo. We did a soup prep together and I made a wonderful butternut squash soup. I do not peel it. So you just blended it. The, the after peel. I 
after you cooked it, right. Yeah. With beets, I don't peel. Some people think that to peel beets, I don't do that. And I don't even peel kiwis anymore. I oh, eat. I don't peel kiwi. My, my students thought I was so weird. And even, I even have had a couple members say, I think I saw a picture of fruit salad you posted and it had the peel on. I said, yeah, it does. Because so, a lot yeah. of the nutrition is in those peels, right? Oh, yeah. And I think no with the question. kiwi... If you cut it up small enough, the fuzzy texture of the peel, you won't even notice it if, if you cut it up small enough. And I yeah. don't know about you, but the gold kiwi, which is even more antioxidant rich, has a much less furry peel in my experience. Oh, that's good to know. So you'll have to look at that. Yes, we'll have to check that out. So we have another question. Colleen wants to know, does adding the frozen veggies add to the water content of the scramble? Yes, it does. And that's where you just kind of want to watch it. But I and just not use the lid, you know, beyond so that some of the steam can be can escape. So yes, let me show you, you can, if there's more questions, Oh yeah, I want to show you something. <laughs> Go ahead. So this lacinato kale, and I'm going to do the same thing with the bok choy, is you actually can make little wraps. We can cut that up and make little cutie pie kale wraps. Aww. With a scramble inside. That. And then let me show you how this looks. So we can fill the bok choy. Bok choy is an amazing veg with lots of calcium. And it is very easy to eat. It's very mild. But we can fill the bottom. And then we can take the top and just crack it over. And now you have a little handheld wrap. It was just like it was meant to do that. <laughs> I know. Isn't that cool? So that would be great, great for traveling too. I Say think that, that, would, that would be great for travel if you wanted to take a, a wrap along with you because that wouldn't fall apart like some no, of the other. No, you could wrap around. it up in parchment and you'd be on the road. Yeah. Let me add some of the toppings. So we have a little bit of fresh bell peppers. So this is where people could just choose what they wanted on theirs. We have some radishes that I cut up. Radishes are fun, beautiful colors on the outside and you can get all kinds of different radishes. I have scallions because they are part of the allium family and they are so good for our body. And we could have added some of this inside of our wraps, but I'm just showing you for these. And then purple cabbage always. So if you're someone who's added lettuce to a lot of things, I hope you sub out for purple cabbage. Your body will definitely thank you. It's very it, antioxidant rich. It lasts longer too. In it the, does. In the oh yeah, for sure. It's fresher longer. So I think it's a great option. I've heard people tell me, oh, I, it's so hard for me to eat salads because I buy lettuce and it goes, and it goes bad. bad. Yeah. Just have some red cabbage. Definitely. And then you had a question about nuts and seeds. So I'm going to let you ask that question and then I'm going to move to my last little thing I'm going to say. Okay. That sounds great. So we have another true or false guys. If you just type in true or false, what your guess is, and then Timmy is going to give us the answer. True or false. It is best to add fat, nuts, seeds, avocado to our food in order to absorb nutrients. Hmm, true or false? Type in your answer. And what do you say, Timory? No, we need to add whole foods. We do not need to be adding oil. Oil, I don't know if you've heard, but it takes 44 olives on average to make a tablespoon of olive oil. It is not whole. It is missing tons of phytonutrients, fiber, and other constituents that was in the olive itself. So we can add whole sources of fatty acids that we need for our body. I'm adding pepitas. Now, you don't have to. We have plenty of natural fat in this recipe. That's pumpkin seeds. Yes. Right. These pepitas are, just pepitas are pumpkin seeds. These yes. are sprouted pumpkin seeds. And so they're going to be easy to absorb. They're a great source. The nutrients are going to be easy to absorb. Excellent source of zinc um, and iron. So 
and I'm using per, um, black cumin on the very top. And that's the Nigella sativa. Um, and that's a wonderful antioxidant rich spice. And we have lime. If we want to add a little bit of lime, we always want to zest before we cut for the juice. If you have some organic citrus, we definitely want to make sure that we use the zest. The zest can protect our skin from skin cancer, just like it protects the citrus skin from the sun. So it could be an orange or a lemon. Yes. Or a cutie, whatever yes. kind of citrus. And it, sure. it makes it look pretty because now you're adding another layer of color. Yep. And you don't need a lot. So you really, some people maybe feel weird about using this, the skin of the citrus because they may think it have a bitter taste, but you only need just a tiny bit and you won't even you, taste it because what you're making is, is just so full of flavor. Yes, this is true. And lime is going to be the most acidic. You know, it's going to have the most bitterness. So if you're doing a lemon, especially a Meyer lemon, then you can definitely um, use the the zest with kind of reckless abandon. But if you're doing lime, just be aware that it's a little mo bit more bitter. Okay, so mm -hmm. I think we are done. I need to take a picture of this before it gets too crazy looking. Um, but this is our beautiful scramble plate. Oh, isn't that lovely? I could just have one. Well, that's what they say, the Italian option. One of each. One of each. That's what we have. <laughs> exactly. So were there any other questions that we didn't address? Well, we have a lot of people making great comments and people saying that it's a gorgeous plate and it's a lot of fun. Oh, I forgot the gorgeous. cilantro. I bought this beautiful cilantro. Now I'm just going to chop up this fresh cilantro and add it as well. More greens, more greens. So what other questions? I'm sorry. We have lots of questions. We're going to actually have to have you come back because so many people emailed ahead of time. They sent in some questions. I think we could go probably for another hour or so just with all the questions. But I'll try to give one more question. Yeah, um, one more would be great. And then I can come back. Yeah, I'd love that. Carl said, I eat plant-based meals that my wife makes for me, but I'm always hungry. What are okay. your thoughts? So it depends on how much you're eating. A lot of us have moved from more calorie dense foods where we didn't need as big of a portion to these foods that are really rich in water and fiber. And so we feel full, like just physically because of the stretch receptors in our GI tract, but it doesn't last, right? Because a lot of it's water, which is fabulous. So we just have to make sure that we're eating enough of the calorie rich foods that are the whole foods, like the legumes, like the sweet potatoes, like the butternut squash, like the tofu, you know, these foods that are going to be more, have a little more calories because if all we're doing is the purple cabbage and the lettuce and the bok choy, it's fabulous, but you have a lot of crunching to do and you don't get a lot of calories from it. So you just want to make sure you're having enough. And when you think about Dr. McDougall, how he talks about the starch solution. So he's talking about whole food starch choices, right? So like the sweet potato, like the butternut squash, you know, these really, and the legumes and some of the whole grains, right? But if you just have the water-rich veg and that's it, you're going to get hungry. So it's just trying to find that point. And the other piece is if you're a fast eater, which this sometimes slows people down because there's so many bites, but if you're a fast eater, you're not giving your body time to register that you were eating and that satiety mechanism. So I know a lot of people, a lot of men too, who are in the military have this like, okay, and they just eat so fast and by the time they're done they're like okay what's next so i want you to play a game with eating starting after or before people everybody else starts and you're the last one to finish and just slowing yourself down but if you're still hungry 
then you may need to eat more food and more of the calorie rich whole foods. And that's what I love about this lifestyle because if there's a problem, eat more food. <laughs> eat more food. How cool is that? Yes, it is not about, I, I keep telling people, it's not about rules and restrictions. It's about options and abundance. And that's really what the Foodie Bar Way is all about. Guys, if you will help the people who are going to run across this broadcast in the future and type in the comments, what are you going to remember from today? What's your takeaway? There's a lot that I'm learning today, so I'm really excited about that. And I wanted to thank you, Timory. I want to give you an opportunity because throughout the broadcast, I was telling them to stay tuned because right. there's going to be a special offer. So why don't you yes. tell us about the things that you do so we can learn about it. Up until now, I told you that I've taught for over 20 years as a college professor. However, who could take my classes was limited basically to geography, right? Whoever lived where I lived, or sometimes we had people out of state, and then we had rules that came in that said only people in state could take our online classes. Now, I'm not limited by geography. I'm not limited at all by a semester. So I have started the Foodie Bar Way of Life community. And I did that back in July. I had no idea what was to come, but I knew I needed a way to connect with people. I was connecting with people in South Africa saying, if only I could take your classes. I want to be connected to you. I've seen you. And I, I want to be able to learn from you and, and celebrate with you all of the food that you make. And just when I get into trouble or whatever, I, I want to be able to be connected. So that's what I did. And because of the wonderful power of Zoom, right, and this online platform, we can connect all over. So if you are interested in joining us in the Foodie Bar way of life, and you use the, if you join, and then you use the URL, tinyurl.com slash bonus call dash be green, because you were watching this, then I will do a 30 minute connection call one-on-one -on -one with you. And that way we can get you started on your, the next part of your journey. And this has, the community has absolutely astonished me how close everybody is becoming, how much fun we're having, making this not only the food that loves us back, but we extend it. We're living lives that love us back. Oh, that's so wonderful. We're going to put a link to that in the show notes so that people can just click on it and so they don't have to worry about remembering it. What a wonderful value. And what a generous offer that you have for everyone. It's such a great concept. It's going to really revolutionize a lot of families, especially those that are transitioning or having to have guests over. How can you go wrong when you get people used to go to salad bars all the time because they right. could take the family out and say, okay, you know, yeah. everybody could have their own thing. But now you can control that. And you well, can and the last healthy. thing to say, too about that is a lot of people say well do i have to have a family you know in order to make this work absolutely not many of the people we have in our membership are the only people that eat this way and they many of them live alone and so you don't have to set all this up you have the options and then you just pick and choose and then you just prepare what makes sense for you and the next time you make it you make it different so i don't want people to think oh this is only good for families with big here not at all this is fabulous for everybody because research shows more variety in plants the healthier our microbiome. Enough teaching. I know I can't stop teaching. Well, so. that's why they call you the nutrition professor. And yes, I, and I love to know that I can open up my refrigerator or my cabinets and and think now I have a foodie bar. You do. If I don't know what to make. That there's a foodie bar in there. I just there's have a to, foodie bar in there. Yes, and out. you have my book, so you know there's 32 yes, foodie bars in there. Yes. yes, I do have your book, and it's awesome. So I wanted to thank you for coming on. I wanted to also thank all of you because you're watching and supporting this broadcast 
and you're sharing it and liking it, we need to get the word out about this lifestyle because it is helpful to so many people. And having somebody like Timory on who is knowledgeable about the food and how healthy it is, but also knows how to make it taste delicious, it's so helpful. And I hope that all of you enjoy it and tell people about it. And I also want to thank Just Taz Voice. She did the voiceover and the countdown. And Just Taz Voice, who's coming up next? Dr. Colin Zhu is board certified in family practice, OMT, and lifestyle medicine. A trained chef and health coach, Dr. Zhu launched the Chef Doc website, an online wellness and lifestyle education platform. Join us for a recipe demo and Q&A with Dr. Colin Zhu on Wednesday, March 30th, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Be Green with Amy Live. Thank you so much, Timory, for your wonderful presentation. It was such a pleasure to have you here. I hope you'll come back soon. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you guys want to type in the comments, my tagline, be strong, be well, and be green, you can say that along with me and with Timory. Are you ready, Timory? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Until I see you guys again, remember, be strong, be well, and be... Green! <laughs> Bye-bye, everyone. Now you can listen to Be Green with Amy expert interviews wherever you go. Listen while walking, meal prepping, or traveling. Find Be Green with Amy on Apple, Google, Alexa, Amazon, or virtually anywhere you find podcasts. Be strong, be well, and be green with Be Green with Amy.